0: Good morning everybody, Good morning. let's all stand together, welcome welcome to the house of our God where we get a chance to unite our voices together in worship of his name, hello everyone, all right, okay today we get to start with a call to worship from the covenant book of worship, so here we go, you ready, you guys ready, all right. Hey, ushers and greeters, could you please close the doors so that we can have a little bit of quiet in here? All right, here we go. I'll start. We who are Christians worship Monday through Saturday with life and work wherever we are conscious that the Spirit Partners with us on our journey, but Sunday worship is unique. (laughs) I like it. From our separate ways, we join hearts and voices together to proclaim we are the body of Christ. We choose to be festive about our songs of praise and seek dialogue with the living God. So, let us begin another week with Resurrection Spirit, praising God for who God is and what God does. So, welcome to to this time that belongs to God and give yourself to this public declaration of faith. O Lord, open our eyes, your turn.
1: That we may see the beauty of your goodness.
0: O Lord, open our ears.
1: That we may hear the truth.
0: O Lord, open our lips. Sisters and brothers, arise and lift up your hearts. Arise and lift up your voices. The living
1: God, the living, living Spirit of God, has called us together in witness, in celebration,
0: in struggle. Reach out toward each other, for our God reaches out toward us. Let us worship together. Yeah. Come set. Your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come, set our hearts ablaze with hope. Like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come, invade us now. Are your church? We need your power. In us. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. Refuse to waste our lives for your Our joy and prize. See the captives' hearts released, the hurt, the sick, the poor at peace. We lay down our lives for heaven's God We are your church. We pray, revive this earth. we go. Build your kingdom. Dumb here, let the darkness fear Show your mighty hand, heal our streets and land, set your church on fire when this nation. kingdom's power, reaching the near and far. No force of hell can stop your beauty, changing hearts. You made us for much more than this. Awake the kingdom seed in us, fill us with the strength and love of Christ. your church we are the hope on earth build your kingdom here let the you your mind in our streets and land set your church on fire when this nation Change the Oh, your mighty hand our streets and come on, set your when this nation, change the atmosphere in your kingdom. I had a a little girl say to me, you want to set the church on fire?
1: Ah. God I've created
0: there at the start Before the beginning of time With no point of reference We spoke to the dark And fleshed out the wonder of life And as you speak A hundred billion galaxies are born In the vapor of your breath the planets form If the stars were made to worship, so will I I can see your heart in everything you've made Every burning star signal fire of grace. If creation sings your praises, so will I, so will I, God of your promise. Don't speak in vain, no syllable empty your voice. For once you have spoken, all nature and science follow the sound of your voice. And as you speak, a hundred billion creatures catch your breath Evolving in pursuit of what you said If it all reveals your nature, so will I I can see your heart in everything you say Every painted sky, a canvas of your grace If creation still obeys you, so so will I So will I So will I the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roll your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the roads cry out in silence, so will I. The sum of all our praises still falls shy. Then we'll sing again a hundred billion times. salvation you chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride on a hill you created the light of the world abandoned the darkness to die As you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Ah, yes, where you lost your life, so I could find it. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. Can see your heart in everything you've done Every part designed in a work of art called love If you gladly chose surrender, so will I See your heart a billion different ways A precious one at time so, like you would again a hundred billion times But what measure could amount to your deeds Hear our prayer. Hear our cry. We'll be a little bit more like Jesus every day. Amen. May be seated.
2: Hillside. 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 Hillside.
3: Hillside. 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 Hillside.
0: Hillside. 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 Hillside.
3: Hillside.
0: Hillside. Hillside. Hillside.
3: Hillside.
0: Hillside. Hillside. Hillside.
2: Morning is a big morning for us. It really is because today is the day that we unveil some of the work that a special team has been creating over the last nine or ten months. And I want to say, I am so thankful for all the work that this team has done. They have poured themselves into it. Yeah, absolutely. I am so thrilled by the product. I absolutely love it, and I am so excited about the promise that this is for Hillside in the future. I really am absolutely delighted, absolutely thankful to God, so excited for what it means for us. But I'm gonna actually let them talk about it. So if two of the team members would come up, Keon Amelie and Jake Brooks, and if you would welcome them as they share about this moment.
4: I'm so excited about today, guys. Like, thank you so much for the, um, that, that intro and that, uh, that just energy that you're bringing. I, um, I want to start by saying this. Dan has been leading the way on this entire project. Uh, he's been phenomenal. So give him a round of applause as well. Because this started out, do you remember Project 404 about 10 months ago? Yeah, this started out as that. I went to Pastor Jenny and I said, hey, I can write, can I write a couple emails and God had other plans. He said, you know, Dan came back and asked, hey, can you, can you do a little bit more and a little bit more? And this team grew and this team grew. And, uh, and it's what you see today. And I am so proud of the logo. I'm so proud of the light lounge uh, that the team has put together. But I want to say this. There's an ancient saying uh, that the Stoics used to say, the ancient Romans. They said, we are mere dwarves standing on the shoulders of giants. That's what this is today, guys. This is the continuation of all the love and all the work that has been put into this church, our church, Hillside, over the generations and over the years. And I am proud to be a light bearer. As we step towards the vision of being light in the world, that's what we hope that the Light Lounge will allow us to do, a place to create fellowship. That's what I hope this logo will uh, inspire uh, in you as well. And I want to pass it over to Jake, and uh, I want him to point out some of the particular design elements that we put in.
5: All right,
4: all right, all right, all
5: right. Thank you, Kian. My name is Jake Brooks. Uh, It's been a true honor being a part of this team. We've had a great time and ups and downs trying to figure out where we're going. We have found it through, and I'm glad to share it with you today. Um, To me, logos are often the most impactful when they're both elegant and simple. Um, They go hand in hand. And Dan likes to call our logo beautiful and evocative evoking thought and meaning, while elegant in its imagery. The circle is inclusive, holding us all together around the central focus of the cross. The cross, while it's for all of us, it opens up and has a space for just one of us. It's a mirrored H for hillside. It's two servants facing outward. It's a light bulb, as you just saw in our video. And hopefully, you can find what it means to you. But it represents us, hillsiders, our hope is that this new face of hillside and new communal space can be something we leverage as we continue our mission to be light bearers in the world. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.
4: This wouldn't be complete if I didn't thank all the hands that took part in this from staff, Michelle Miller, Jariah Wagner, uh, from council. Every single hand on council has touched this. But I want to give special thanks to the team that, that I got to work with. So if you were a part of that team, would you stand up? So, Patty Freeman, Dave Singh, Amanda Brooks. Now, not here with us, yeah. Not here with us today are a few from Peter Turi and Jenny Trees. Jirai uh, was also a part of our team, but Jirai, uh, where are you? I don't think you stood up. Oh, you're way up there. He's already standing. So, I want to say thank you to them. Um, without this, this wouldn't be possible. And I'll close by saying this: to quote our, our our wonderful team member Dave Singh, "We are Hillside."
6: Thanks, guys. It was really we had a lot of fun on this uh, committee. Uh, just a few announcements as we get into our service. So, first uh, slide. If we go to the slides. First of all, off, next Saturday, spring training. Uh, excited men, men sign up. This could be fun. Jack LaSalle and the team are just doing a great job setting up men's ministry opportunities for us. Chances to get together and hang out. I'm, I'm already signed up. I think you should too, it'd be a lot of fun. Next slide. And save the date. Uh, yeah, clap, good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just save the date. April 30th, a 5K walk to support our, our, uh, our team and uh, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, for CJM, anti-trafficking, Fundraiser to help support the safe house. So just put that in your calendar and uh, save the date. It'll be great. And then next, we are so excited. I am so excited about our upcoming all church community retreat at Road Trip. So that's our theme for this year when we were talking. On our team trying to figure out what should our theme be. We had all these ideas, and then all of a sudden the the, the words "road trip" came out. And I go, that's it. That's exactly what we're doing. We're at a church. We're road tripping down to Mission Springs in Santa Cruz, California. And if you recall growing up, when you went on road trips, all the stories you still tell from when you're growing up and you're in the backseat going down to Disneyland or to the mountains. It's so exciting. And that's what we want to create, stories for our congregation. And it's really, it's all about our journey together. And that's, that's just what we want to feel. Us as Hillside is so important for us to get together, especially post-COVID. You know, we, as talking to Dan, I think this is one of the most important things we could do at any time and when last uh, summer during project 404 that Keon brought up I looked at that and I go yeah maybe I should do something and when I looked at the list I saw all church retreat and I realized yeah I have to do that because back in 1998 long time ago when we had very small kids Cher and I came to this church and we'd already decided this was going to be our church. But when we went to the all-church retreat, that's when Hillside became our home. And that's what we want for everybody here, that that is our home. This is our church, and uh, the whole weekend together spent with our journey together down at Mission Springs is wonderful. So I'm going to invite you to do something that Dan never wants you to do. I want you to open up your phone, go to the church app, you know, and see if I can find mine, whoops. And then um, go to Church Center app and go to events. And actually, while you're on the phone, you can check out you know all your social media. You can say, oh, it's, it's Jane Welledge's birthday. How about that? Just on on social media. So everyone say hi to Jane Welledge. Um, so uh, <laughs> Hillside Covenant Church, go to events. If you click on events, you will see the All Church Community Retreat right there. Mm-hmm. Click on it. Fill out the information. Send it in, and then you'll get an email back so you can do sign-ups. So do it right now if you want. We'd love it. Jack LaSalle, you know what's also there? Is the men's spring breakfast. You can sign up for that at the same time. Right, Jack? So just sign up. It's really important. It's also important for us to know how many people are coming. We have committed a certain number to Mission Springs, and we want to blow it out of the water. So come on, people. Let's just do it together. So that's it for now. I just wanted to... uh, oh, uh, just one other thing, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask, say, if finances are a a problem on attending the retreat, please let us know. We do have some funds set aside to make sure all people that want to go can go to the all-church retreat, so please keep that in mind. So, that being said, let's go into, right now, our chance to give to this church, our home like covenant. we have many ways to give your offerings you could text them which is amazing that you could text I can't I don't know how to do it you could leave a, you know the old-fashioned way leave a check we have bought I think we have baskets in the back or send things into the church office um, or even go back to the app you could use the app so please pray with me as we pray for today's offerings as our church goes forward dear father breath thank you so much for this church we call hillside thank you for the people who have been giving for generations to make this church what it is today we thank you that we have the opportunity today to give a little bit of ourselves a little of our tithes and offerings to support our ministries going forward and lord we pray so much that we just bless those and multiply into your kingdom In christ's name Amen. Thank you very much.
0: God bless our kids as they head out. God bless you guys. Time to wake up. Oh, I have days I lose the fight. Try my best, but just don't get it right. I don't could talk that I don't want and miss the moments right before my eyes. Somebody with the hurt that I could have helped. Somebody with the hand that I could have held. When I just can't see past myself, Lord help me be a little more like mercy, a little more like grace. Come on, like this, a little more like kindness. Goodness, love, and faith A little more like patience A little more like peace A little more like Jesus A little less like me Second verse yeah, there's no denying I have changed. I've been saved from who I used to be. Now, come on. But if at not my best, I must confess I still need help to see the way you see. like this right here. Somebody with the hurt that I could have helped. Somebody with the hand that I could have helped When I just can't see past myself Lord, help me be a little more like mercy Come on! A little more like grace A little more like kindness Goodness, love and faith A little more like patience A little more like peace A little more like, little more like Jesus. A little less like me Won't oh, feed the bag around the street Want oh, to be your hands and feet Really give what I receive Lord help me be I wanna put you first and above all else Love my neighbor and myself In the moments no one sees Lord help me be yeah. A little more like mercy, a little more like grace, a little more like kindness, goodness, love, and faith. A little more like patience, a little more like peace, a little more like Jesus, oh, a little less like me. A little more like living, everything I breathe, a little more like Jesus, oh a little less like me a
2: Don't sit down. Find someone you haven't seen in six days and go give them some love, all right? Well, as you know, the the headlines have been quite grim recently, as everyone knows. But recently, there was one inspiring story, one bright beam in an otherwise gray landscape. The week before last, explorers aboard this research ship in an expedition called Endurance 2, actually located Ernest Shackleton's lost ship. Did you hear that? So cool. And as you know, Shackleton uh, was a great hero of his day and continues uh, to inspire people right up to the present. And just to remind you of his story for a moment, on an expedition to Antarctica, Shackleton's beloved ship, the Endurance, got strangled in ice and sank, leaving Shackleton and his crew 1200 miles from any kind of help, but by keeping his cool, not hard, considering the conditions. And through sorry And uh, through exquisite leadership, the more important factor he managed to get all 28 members of his crew back to safety and preserving those lives was such an inspiring feat. Well, if not quite up to that level, finding Shackleton's lost ship was also an astonishing feat. It required, get this, venturing into the wild Weddell Sea, one of the stormiest places on the planet, cutting through ice one meter thick and then deploying underwater drones to scan 150 square miles of seafloor 10,000 feet below, and they pulled it off. Absolutely amazing, wildly complex and difficult mission, and in fact, the same group led by maritime archaeologist John Shears, wouldn't you like to have that on your business card? Maritime archaeologist, anyway, same group, tried and failed three years before, but this time they did it. They succeeded and they beamed pictures from the ship around the world when the world needed a lift. This one especially delighted people. If you look closely, you'll see somebody at the bow of the ship and the headline of the story that went with this picture was, the new captain of the endurance wreck is an anemone. And there he is right there. Now, I love anything to do with Ernest Shackleton. I love anything to do with exploration more broadly. But what particularly pinged my brain when I read this story was a quote by Shears, again, the expedition commander, because it underscores the big idea of this Lenten series that we're in that we began two weeks ago called Strange Grace from Second Timothy chapter two. And in his release statement, Shears said this We have made polar history with the discovery of the endurance, and then get this successfully completed the world's most challenging shipwreck search. Now, John Shears has a lot of achievements. In fact, I learned this week that he's already been awarded the Polar Medal from the Queen for outstanding achievements in polar research. But I think it's safe to say that this will prove to be his crowning achievement. And that will, of course, partly be because it was so difficult because it required so much endurance to pull off. And if locating Shackleton's lost ship had been easy, requiring only meager effort, then, of course, the emotional payoff would have been similarly meager. But because it was so difficult, pulling people together from all sorts of different uh, avenues in the most arduous conditions... Finding the endurance will certainly become the crown jewel of his life. And for me, that's nautical confirmation of the big idea of the Strange Gray series. Our lives are not made up of the mountains we dodge. They are made up of the mountains we dash up. And our lives are not made up by the giants we shy away from but from the giants we slay. Not the shallow water that we splash around in, but the deep water. We dive into looking for historic ships. And that's why God's call on every one of us, his beloved children to exhibit soldierly faith, to go to the call wall for what he's called us to do, is the grace that it is, strange grace to be sure, but grace nonetheless. And in putting his arm around us like he does, and entrusting us with royal responsibility in the world that he has been remaking since the very first Easter, and then calling us to stick to it with joyful grit, all the while giving us the power of his own person to do it. You know what he's doing? He is giving us an exquisite gift. He's giving us, he's positioning us for our best lives. That's what strange grace is. This morning, we steam ahead in our series. And I said that 2 Timothy chapter 2 is full of shoulder-shaking challenges. This morning's passage is no exception. But again, underneath it is an ocean of opportunity. Let's read it. In fact, let's have Tom Gillis read it. And while Tom's coming up here, Tom, I want to personally thank you for speaking at Riptide, our junior high group last Thursday, Andrew was really struck by your talk, and he talked to me about it that night. So thanks for loving our middle school kids. You appreciate it, Tom?
3: Yeah, awesome. Thank you. You had me at Mountain. I was I was like that was it. So Second Timothy two fourteen goes something like this: uh, remind the remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which do no good. But only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightfully handling the word of truth. But avoid irrelevant babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene Among them, Hymenus and Philidus who have swerved. I practice those words all the time, but in my head, I could just kept saying, Jaime and Phil, instead of doing it. Just <laughs> FYI, just to get real. Like, Anyways, uh, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection had already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. But let me just read this verse. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Thank you.
2: There are a lot of ways to break down this passage. But I think the simplest one is to read it as an answer to this question. What does soldierly faith invite? Meaning over and above, going to the wall for the calls that God has placed on our lives. What does soldierly faith ask of us? And I think our passage gives us four answers. Here's the first one. First, soldierly faith invites the avoidance of small fish fights. Listen to verse 14 again. Remind them of these things. And charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. When Paul wants to underscore a point, he often uses this charge language. And by using it here, he is signaling to Timothy that he's telling him, and he's telling us today, that this bit of instruction is not something to run by. It is really important. He's saying, as the people of God who are eager to exhibit soldierly faith and to enjoy the strange grace that comes with it, we need to ditch petty disputes. And in the last phrase of the verse, he gives the reason. Listen to this. Quarreling over words or titanic fights over ultimately trivial matters ruins the people involved. Now, it's hard to know what trivial matters the believers in Timothy's community were squabbling over. You know, was it, we wonder, theological hair splitting? Uh, Was it over who would control some aspect of community life? We don't really know the particulars, but we don't have to because we recognize the problem, don't we? Well, how do we avoid ruinous rows in our homes, in our workplaces, in our church? when we are working together shoulder to shoulder to bear light in the world. To start with, we can employ the wisdom of Proverbs. Listen to Proverbs 15.1, one one of the most powerful, life-saving, and easy-to-apply passages in the entire book. It goes this way, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Many of our silly but destructive conflicts can be skirted simply by doing this, responding to a harsh word with a gentle one. Jesus the king, the king who is also our teacher for everyday life, absolutely exemplified this. One of my favorite stories, Luke 10, Luke visits the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. These are some people who will become some of his very best friends And once he gets going, Mary is so captivated by Jesus that she just chucks her apron and she plants herself at Jesus' feet simply to soak in his goodness and his wisdom. Well, this hacks off Mary's sister, Martha, who feels like she's got to pick up the slack on the serving and she's mad about it. She's mad at her sister. And what's interesting, she seems to be mad at Jesus. And as a result, she goes full rage monster like Ty on the comedy team Dude Perfect. And Luke describes it this way. And Martha went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And Jesus' response is the perfect picture. Of Proverbs fifteen one, which makes sense considering that in our last series, Dream House, we learned that he is wisdom personified. Listen to him, Martha. Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. There is a world of tenderness in Jesus repeating her name. How could her fury not have been diffused by that gentleness? And here's what it means for us. If we want to be effective in our calls, if we want to claim the strange grace of soldierly faith, you know what we'll do here at Hillside? In every arena of our lives, we will avoid small potato skirmishes (laughs) at all costs in our homes, at work, here at Hillside, at Little League, if we're a coach, we'll overlook slights and we will diffuse hostility with gentle, earnest words. What's the second invitation of soldierly faith? Look at the first half of verse 15. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. Well, what does this mean? This is very interesting. The word here for approved in the Greek is dakamos, and it has a very interesting nuance which some of your Bibles will note in the margin below. You might want to look for it. And here's that special meaning of dakamos, approved after being tested. And that's why some versions translate this verse this way, or as tried and true. Listen to it. Make an effort to present yourself to God as a tried and true worker. Well, what does that really mean? Let me suggest this to you. Soldierly faith means after the bomb blast of some kind of test, returning to King Jesus, the commander who first enlisted us in his service and saying these words... I'm still here. What would you have me do next? And therefore, we could put this second point this way. Soldierly faith invites the refusal to take the count. And I think you know what I mean by this. The count to 10 that a boxing ref gives to a woozy contender after he has been dropped and he hits the canvas. Refusing to take the count means after taking the punch of disappointment, maybe church leaders made a decision in the past that you greatly disagreed with, still bothers you. Or after taking the punch of diminishment, somebody at church or beyond said this to you in one way or another, you know that thing you thought you were really good at? You're actually not that good at it. It means after taking those shots, dakamas means getting up, Rocky Balboa style, and continuing the bout. It's presenting ourselves again to God's service, even if we can barely see out of our swollen eyes. That's what dakamas means. That's what approved means here in verse 7. 15. You see, God wants us after that huge haymaker that we never saw coming, whether it's cancer or a layoff or something that doesn't go our way in the church to stand up. And even if we're still punchy and seeing stars, we say to him, Lord, I'm still here. What would you have me do next? And you know what? God has given us The capacity to do that, that capacity is in the son who lived and died for us and who now lives inside us. And speaking of the haymaker of humiliation, you know, Jesus experienced that blow. We don't talk about this that much other than during Holy Week when we talk about his passion, but the truth is throughout Jesus the King's life, he was reviled, he was ridiculed, he was put down. Consider, he got run out of town after giving his very first sermon. You know, my sermon, first one, didn't really go that well, okay? But nobody ran me out of town, all right? After cleansing a demoniac in the region of the Gerasenes, Jesus was rudely asked to beat it, to head out of town. In the Gospel of John, he was taunted for being illegitimate, and the list goes on and on. Jesus the King, Jesus Christ, the finest human who ever lived, endured regular insult and indignity, and yet he never gave up. He never let one of those jabs Keep him from his job, a job that he went to the wall for. And that means that we too, who have been fused to him by belief and baptism, we can too. And Jesus could do this because he knew who he was. He was the eternally begotten and eternally beloved son of God. And similarly, we can show soldierly faith in times when we are treated with contempt because we know who we are. The fully accepted, fully adored children of the one true God. And you know, I've actually had occasion to say this several times over my years as a pastor. In with somebody, talking to somebody who's gotten beat up in ministry. And I've said this, I want to get this straight. You're telling me you've been shamed for doing what God has called you to do. You're saying that on top of the injury of hard work, you poured yourself into that. On top of that injury, you've suffered insult. Congratulations. And I mean it. Congratulations because you know what you are experiencing right now? You are sharing in the dishonor of Jesus himself And paradoxically, there is no greater honor than sharing in the dishonor of Jesus himself, the most honorable man who ever lived. 1 Peter 4.14, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Soldierly faith means refusing to take the count. What else does it mean? Look at verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. That last phrase is very, very interesting. Last phrase is one word in the original language, and it means to make Straight, And the imagery associated with it is that of cutting a path through a forest so that a traveler can reach her destination efficiently. So for Timothy to rightly handle the word of truth, or more literally, to make straight the word of truth, means teaching about Jesus in such a way that his listeners can walk a straight path of understanding. Well, teaching was Timothy's calling, but it's not everyone's. So, we might want to ask, what could making straight mean more broadly? I want to suggest this to you. Making straight here means doing anything in the church, no matter how basic, no matter how celebrated or uncelebrated, that makes people's path to Jesus a little more direct. And so, here's the third invitation of soldierly faith it's devotion to ministries of path straightening. And let's circle back for a moment to the beginning of the service. You know, a ministry of path straightening is precisely what this team has been up to. And I want to explain, just like the rest of us, they are bought into our mission to be light in the world. And they understand that to accomplish that mission it means this. Necessarily, it means shaping more and more people into light bearers, people who burn to share the goodness of Jesus in the world. And in order for Hillside to accomplish that mission, to make it real and not just a wonderful slogan, what do we need to do, practically speaking? We need to entice people into our church, into our family so that they can meet Jesus, so they can be enveloped in his love and over time they can be changed to look and act more like him again the finest human being who ever lived well those team members looked at our trusty logo and then they asked themselves this question i wonder I wonder if an updated logo would even in a small way straighten the path for people to come into our church and discover jesus And then that question led to another question. I wonder if just creating more beautiful places to sit and connect for more people to make friends in our church and to discover Jesus, maybe maybe that would straighten the path. You see, this whole branding and beautification project, of which this morning is just phase one, is a perfect example of soldierly faith and path straightening in particular, well, that might lead the rest of us to ask, what can we do to help straighten the path, to help people into our church and discover Jesus? Or maybe we could put it this way, how can we live the spirit of Shackleton and help spiritually marooned people find the safe harbor of Jesus? You know what I'll say? So many of us are already doing it. Bravo. Listen to this. Some hillsiders are straightening the path by pulling weeds around the church campus. Do you know that? We have weed pullers. Two of our most distinguished leaders here. They come at these weird times so nobody sees them. I still tend to see them (laughs) pulling weeds to beautify the place. Others are straightening the path by making the sound mix really solid so that people watching from home have a nice blend That's Patrick right there in the back who does that. Others are straightening the path by giving a warm greeting to people when they walk in the door so they'll feel valued and noticed so they might be a little more likely to stay. Others are straightening the path by hosting and providing dinner for our new relaunched young adults group that just met this past Wednesday night, Thursday night, led by Jariah Wagner and Tony Collins. A new Hillside team is working to straighten the path into Hillside's many groups. More on that team soon. Some Hillsiders who can't come to church are straightening the path by continuing to pray and continuing to give to Hillside. And if that's you and you're watching right now, I want to say to you, thank you for your path straightening ministry uh, in remote form. Thank you. Soldierly faith invites devotion to the ministry of path straightening. Let me give you one more invitation, and it's this, and I think it's my favorite. Deep breath confidence that Jesus, that the Jesus foundation will never falter. Listen to verse 19. It says, But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. And in these verses, Paul does something really surprising, not obvious with just a cursory read, after calling on Timothy to be on guard against all kinds of resurrection, denying or resurrection-obscuring spiritualities, of which there are a million still floating around. After he does that, he references the crazy story of Korah's rebellion in Numbers 16. That's where those two quotes come. And that story very simply goes this way. A group of rebel rousers, we could understand them as early Israelite uh, equivalents of Hymenaeus and Philetus in our passage. They go to Moses and they just object to God's plan for worship. You see, God has set up a, a gracious mechanism for his people to experience his holy presence. And that system involves the priests handling the sacrifices and the Levites handling various auxiliary tasks. Well, Korah and his friends don't like it. They don't like it at all. They're Levites, and they don't approve of what they see as their support role in God's plan, so they revolt. And in reality, this is a small fish fight because they're Levites, They have a really impressive and important role, but it's not enough. Fast forward to the climax. The ground opens up below them, and in judgment, they disappear into the abyss. And the story makes a simple point, and it's this. People who are just hell-bent against God's good plans for his people for his world and particularly for the poor and the weak and the oppressed of this world, those people, they just have no future. And so what's Paul's point in in referencing it here in 2 Timothy, it's actually wildly encouraging. He's saying in his son's life, death and resurrection, God has founded a kingdom, one of love and peace an abundance beyond anything we could imagine, one that has been growing and growing ever since the first Easter, and it can't be foiled. It can't be. The mischiefs of the various Korahs in the world notwithstanding. And so we who belong to him, we who understand ourselves to be his beloved and adored children, his beloved servants, his co-workers, we can be so calm. We can take deep breath confidence, as verse 19 says, that God's firm foundation is never going to falter. And we can carry through with what God has called us to do, absolutely certain our effort is not wasted, our work is not futile, our hope is not in vain. Four invitations of soldierly faith. I don't want you to remember them all. I want you to just remember one. One that you can carry around in your pocket this week. So let's close our eyes and let's land with another short prayer practice that's been our, our Lenten series tradition. Let's close your eyes review these four invitations, and as I do, here's what I would like for you to do. I want you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, who is inside you, if you know Jesus, and among us all. And as I read these, I want you to be attentive to God's Spirit. What, What might he be saying to you? And is there one of these things where he's saying, that's the one, dear child, that's the one I want you to zero in this week. That's the one I want you to pocket, all right? First invitation, the avoidance of fights over small fish stuff. And let's ask ourselves, can we be contentious? Surly? Just short with others? I know I can be. And might the Spirit be inviting us to make Jesus' peaceable way, his gentle word way in response to harshness? Maybe the Spirit is saying, that's what I want you to make your way. The second is the refusal to take the count. Instead of hanging up our ministry gloves after that devastating right hook of disappointment or that crushing left cross of diminishment, we stand up and we say to our divine trainer, I'm still here at your service, ready for the next round. Is that what God's spirit is saying? Third, devotion to ministries that straighten the path for new people. Just help them find a home here. Is that the Spirit's invitation? And then, fourth and finally, deep breath confidence that the King Jesus Foundation will never falter. Could that be the Spirit's invitation to you, cultivating confidence that he has everything under control in our homes, our church, our world, This is the soldierly faith invitation I know God's spirit wants me to focus on because I can get so stirred up about the challenge of being the church right now. There's never a reason to be stirred up. I need to remember God's building with Jesus as the cornerstone is never gonna buckle. New creation is coming. Nothing can stop it. The Lord knows who are His. Dear Father, what a a deep thrill to know that the firm foundation of your Son's kingdom stands. And it means that we today can give you our full selves in love relationship, soldierly service this Lenten season and beyond. And Father, right now, as your children, as your agents, as your ambassadors, ready for a new week of service, we thank you for everything that will happen in the week ahead. The joyful events, as well as those that we won't perceive as joyful in the moment, but which we now understand will be golden opportunities for Dakamas, showing ourselves because of the power you provide to be your tried and true workers, as well as your beloved sons and daughters, named to the greatest of all inheritances. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.
0: The stars came crashing down And tiny pieces to the ground I was all alone down here Trapped beneath the atmosphere Then I thought somebody called my name I spun around and caught a flame I gave it to a God I didn't know And now everything is falling into place Brand new life is calling, and I owe it all to grace. But well, it's so much better living in your world, Savior. What you did for me, you gave me something I want everyone to see. Now, when we stumble and it all goes wrong, only you can make it right. So I say, Oh, oh. The life. Whoa, whoa, I'm learning to be the life. Whoa, whoa. When a heart is cold as ice, you can't melt it with advice. No one wants to listen to a list of things they shouldn't do. So I built a city on a hill and I built light a candle on a sill knowing you'll be always knocking at the door oh god i just want to love on everyone all i have is yours to give so let the people come well it's so much better living in your world savior what you did for me You gave me something I want everyone to see When we stumble and it all goes wrong Only you can make it right So I said, oh, 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 oh." learning to be the light Oh, 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 learning to be the light The light that makes the shadows high The light that breaks the curse of pride The light that takes the weary in its arms When it all came crashing down There was only darkness all around But in the distance I could see a flame What you did for me You gave me something I want everyone I mean everyone to see When we stumble And it all goes wrong Only you can make it right So I said Oh, oh, oh What's Learning to be the light Oh, oh Learning to be the light Learning to be the light, just a joke. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Whoa! Learning to be the light. Whoa! Learning to be the light. Come on, say, Whoa! Whoa! Learning to be the light. Whoa! Learning to be the light. Same. together praise him all creatures here below praise him above the heavenly host praise father son Let it be God, oh Amen. Singing Amen, Amen. amen. God bless you and keep you, cause His face to shine upon you today. Just a reminder that our prayer team is up front. If you need prayer this morning, you want to stop by and um, ask for prayer they're willing and ready to pray with you this morning god bless you as you go have a wonderful week walking in the light and being a light in the world god bless you as you go